All right, welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. And I don't know about all of you who thought Mercury was out of retrograde. It's I don't it might be, but it's not because the weeks have been chaos. Sarah, I mean she she's not sick. Well, she is not sick right now, but she has the effects of the BOGO of fall, which is the flu COVID booster deal that um, I got, you know, everybody got, so get vaccinated, do your thing, but then prepare yourself. If you are doing a podcast the next day, do not do a podcast the next day because Sarah's out for the count, but she'll be back next week. So you're just dealing with me for this week. So you're dealing with some chaos. Um, If you hate me and you really only listen to Sarah, I would say listen to this on mute and just like look at Sarah on Instagram or something like that. But if you love me, like me, tolerate me, like Taylor Swift, uh, her song, Tolerate It. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys because we have a documentary that I watched and the story super super crazy really insane and I did not know about this I literally fell into this documentary because I was just scrolling on Netflix for something to watch because it's cold out and I don't want to do any plans really that involve leaving my couch but I so I was on Netflix I literally I was gonna go the Gilmore Girls route because it is fall but I saw this documentary and I was like I have never like, heard heard of this before, Into the Deep, the submarine murder case. And I mean, those are a lot of words together that made me pause and made me stop. But before we get into the documentary and the case around it, I have to do a quick update on top because it's been an Anna Delvey week. Because <laughs> did we see, not only uh, like six days ago or, so, or like, a, like a week ago, she was released from jail and like on bail and everything like that, but she's banned from social media. That's what the immigration judge ruled, that she is able to be out of prison, which almost in the 21st century for when you're a scamming heiress, she probably is like, I'm shocked she didn't go like, this is its own prison, which is like, no baby, no, 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 no. But yeah, so she was, she spent the last 17 months, as we know, in ICE custody, but she won release and uh, she, for this though, She has to remain under 24-hour house arrest with electronic monitoring. Show of hands. Who who agrees with me that, without a doubt, she already has a fake H on the electronic monitoring, so it's like an Hermes belt, but like a fake one, like an Hermes belt, because she's an heiress or a fake heiress. It really does fit with her. Cut to she has a brand deal with Hermes next year. Like, I'm just, I already know that's going to happen. But she, so she posted the 10K bail, did all that, but she cannot go on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Nothing about YouTube. And uh, we learned that was Kanye's loophole this week, too. So who knows if she's going to start vlogging, but time will tell. But yeah, she has over a million followers there, but she is not um, letting this slow down her social media um, attention, I guess we can call it, because I don't know about y'all's For You page and Instagram (laughs) hub, she was all over my my feed because she had because she's under house arrest, but she did <laughs> a photo shoot while in house arrest, which kind of it's giving me 2020 quarantine energy. But yeah, so she had a full on thing and like the photographer was on her um uh, fire escape, which scares me so much. Any person who lives, I was going to say in New York, but fire escapes exist in other cities besides New York. Those scare me. Do not mess around on them. I would never, I, I, just not my thing. I don't, you know what I mean? But yeah, she literally had a photo shoot uh, in her East Village apartment and she was like posing and given everything uh, through the window. And it really just made me go, she can't be stopped. And it's the thing where it's like, you don't, 
you don't have to like her or love her, but it's like it's the Khalees song. You don't have to like her, you don't have to love her, but you will respect her. Cause she's a boss. And a boss in a different and a boss in a way that I d I don't recommend anybody <laughs> to be. But for her, she's doing what she does best, which is get people to talk about her and to stay scamming and because you know what's I'm I I'm I can't wait for like somehow. She got money from the photographer who did this. Besides the fact, that, like, oh, you have to pay me to photoshoot me. I'm sure the photographer was like, "Can I use your bathroom really fast?" She's like, "Sure, yeah." It's just like a weird thing. Like, can you just leave your wallet outside the bathroom? Like, I don't. It's just I'm like a germaphobe and like wallets, like credit cards swipe and so many things. And then she took some twenties. I just, I just, I just know. I know my girl, and I know that's facts. But also, it's the East Village. She's, I'm, she's probably now blending in very well because I feel like whenever I'm in the East Village, I just see a lot of girls with long hair in all black. And I'm kind of just like, what's going on here? Besides that though. So if you see Anna Delvey, if you're in the East Village and you see Anna Delvey delving around, send a photo. It's kind it's it's sort of like Where's Waldo of the East Village now. I think like you just need to be looking up. I don't know her. Weirdly, I don't know her exact address. <laughs> but I will say, if you are walking in the East Village going to, what, 787 Coffee, which I love, or Supper, also a great place. Oh, my God. Uh, if you want a walking tour of how to gain 10 pounds in the East Village, too, let me know. But if you're in the East Village and you look up and you see kind of like, is that Cinderella? The Cinderella of crime? Send a photo. Because I, I might need to change some dinner reservations this week because I am not going to the East Village, but I might need to change my ways to get a peek of Delvey. All right. That aside, Delvey aside, it is time to delve in to this case. And it really, well, first thing, because so it's into the deep. Sorry for that tangent about Anna Delvey, but I think anybody listening to this, we all like our Anna Delvey updates. So into the deep, it's the submarine murder case. First things first, there's a, HBO doc and a Netflix doc. I watched the Netflix one. I know Sarah did too. Sarah had a lot of thoughts on it. So maybe she'll put them on her Instagram stories when she's feeling better. But first thing that we have to shout out is that it was only an hour and 40 minutes. So you really get um, right into the details with everything like this. So a little bit of background on it. Emma Sullivan, who is an Australian filmmaker, she started documenting uh, Peter Madsen in 2016. And it's interesting too, because that's why when you're watching this documentary, I don't, you'll probably the same with me. I was like, how do they have all this like background footage and how do they get inter- so many interviews with the guy who's like the, cr- the criminal? It's because he was being documented before all, any of the criminality even started. They, cause the thing about a narcissist, they love a camera following them around. So he was like, he's this genius self-proclaimed that he was like, okay, people need to hear about me and everything like that. So the documentation of him started in 2016. So Emma was filming Peter and his staff that he worked with um, as an engineer leading up to the August 2017 murder of journalist Kim Wall and did subsequent interviews after. We'll get into the why because he, they, he, he had a lot of reasons as to how Kim just magically disappeared on a fucking submarine when it was just the two of them. It premiered at Sundance in 2020, so it had some acclaim, and it was supposed to be released in 2020, because the murder happened in 2017, and we had a lot of answers up until then, uh, 2020, but it got pushed back after some people claimed they never gave permission to appear in the documentary, which is interesting because it was at Sundance, so you would think they would have had everything all like situated and set up from there, 
But anyway, they had to push it back. So they edited some people out. I guess that's how it became an hour and a half and not <laughs> longer than that. Uh, but then it officially was released just last month, September 30th, 2022. And the HBO documentary kind of around it too. Uh, I want to say came out just around them too. Uh, so yeah, so the one from her was the, that one's the undercurrent, the disappearance of Kim Wall. Um, that came out like a little bit like this summer too. Uh, so I don't have an allegiance to HBO or Netflix, whichever one you prefer. I'm sure they both tell the story uh, pretty intensely. But if you don't feel like listening to either or watching either, let me fill you in on some more. So the backstory of who Peter Masden is, uh, he's an engineer and entrepreneurial combo who kind of became like a Danish celebrity. And I kind of take it like, you. I-, I was trying to think in my head, I'm like, do we have like, famous engineer sir but i guess it's kind of like summer like summer like just like a biz guy who you see pop up like in a lot of like tabloids not in just like in a rich way not in a scandal way that was kind of his energy and his mo was just inventing a lot of shit and being hot-headed chill combo (laughs) so he would do a lot of like ted talks so he had a lot of also respect and notoriety and acclaim for what he did Uh, And also a lot of people liked him. And I think he sort of became the thing where, you know, like when rich people, like they'll either like buy like a horse farm to just like have horses that they, I don't think they ever go on, but it just exists. Or like they like to give money to fake heiresses like Anna Delvey, Anna Sorkin (laughs) to just like be like, oh, I'm rich. I can do that. Again, I'm not judging that for rich people because if you are rich and you just want to, if you get off on Venmoing people, Please let me know. I, I I don't invent shit, but I do accept Venmo. So any any millionaire billionaires listening, I can I can I can help with that. I can really get you covered with that. But uh, yeah, so he built three submarines based solely on donations and money he would get from like his lectures. So people love to hear the man talk. Or alternatively, I will say he was. He he was convincing and very passionate when he talked. But I was like, it could also be funny in the flip side if people would be like. I'll pay you to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, will you stop talking to me about like H2O if you H2 go away? Like, I, 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 how, how, can, how can we make this stop? Uh, he would also try to do a lot of like crazy shit, like build space stations, uh, which I, I, I'm, I'm dumb. I never took physics, barely skirted through chemistry. I don't think space and water, those kind of don't go hand in hand, I think, in you knowing how to do stuff. Like, I know you need the air to stay in, but I wouldn't, I feel that's almost like saying like a pilot, like a, like a, like a train conductor can fly a plane. Like, I know they're both transportation, but I would like the person who has the certificate in that. If I'm on the, if I'm on the method of transportation, I would like that. So I wouldn't really want to go up to a space station built by somebody who was like looking, finding Nemo, you know, just me. And who knows? I'm also dumb. I said, so maybe they go, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a lot. Maybe, you know, it's like making penny alla vodka and, you know, penny arrabbiata. You just switch the sauce a little bit, but it's the same, same things. I don't know. But here's the thing. He was able to get a lot of this work done, especially with the submarines from volunteers and interns. And I don't know about anybody listening, sip a coffee because I had to cry thinking about all my unpaid internships throughout the year. I feel every time I left an internship, four months later, it would be the, like, 
the when they change it to be like, okay, now it's illegal to have an unpaid intern here. And I'm like, huh? I I was I was hemorrhaging Duncan Duncan gift cards whilst g- commuting here, but okay. So I felt bad about that. And if you feel bad about your unpaid internship too, I feel you. Are they scams? I don't think. I mean, did I? Because I, I don't. Th- I was not changed. I wasn't. I, I was doing some copies. I was like swiveling on an office chair when I was interning. For the most part, I did have one internship that did work me so cruelly. I won't, I won't drag the TV show I interned on here, but if you want to know, let me know. And it kind of goes a line. I'll just say, I don't think I mesh with celebrity chefs. Cause now I'm looking back, that internship was hard and I did get in a spat with a celebrity chef a few years after that. So, and it's weird, I love to eat. So I think they should look at me and be like, oh, that's my prime demo. <laughs> I'm al- I always have a sauce stain on my shirt and I'm in jeggings. Like I really, celebrity chefs should love me. Anyway, uh, but all that to say is if you feel bad about your unpaid internship, have a little bit of respect for yourself or feel a little bit better for yourself because the interns and volunteers with Peter were not just unpaid. They paid to work with him. They paid to work with this man who loved himself. And I, and it's the thing too, you know, on paper, that sounds so insane, but he really did have like such notoriety in this business. And I mean, if you really want to work in the submarine realm, it's kind of hard. Like you kind of are like, he is the person for this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like what, uh, like, you, it's sort of like, okay, he's the top of his class in regards to this, so why would I not uh, join forces with it? He, also, on top of that, and I mean, I'm sure he could really get a lot of people into this because he was, he did, his, his personality was very magnetic. We've seen this film before. And people wanted to be a part of what he was doing because he was doing it. And he had a great way of being that, that salesman energy where it's kind of like... Um, oh, I'm the best, and if you're not with me, you're never going to be great, but it's up to you. You know what I mean? And kind of make me be like, oh my God, he needs to pick me. He needs to pick me, and I need to do this. His goal, (laughs) again, expert in like submarining, his goal was to become the first amateur astronaut. I don't think those words should go together. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do you want to be an amateur astronaut? No, I want to know how the things work. An amateur baker is when you're kind of like, you know, like uh, like just mixing the store-bought frosting and the store-bought like mix and everything and being like, oh my God, that was fun and silly. I don't care if it comes out ish wrong because I'm still going to be alive. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're really that bad at baking, maybe not, but you know what I mean? Astronaut? I don't want to be an amateur there. I kind of want to be an expert at that. But he didn't give a shit. Uh, You can tell, I guess that kind of goes in line with the delusional narcissism that I think just seeps through his pores. I'm very glad oil is the only thing that seeps through my pores. But he started this company called Copenhagen Suborbitals to launch all of these rockets and try to achieve this goal, this wonderful goal. He also would like work with companies in Copenhagen but then get like in competition with them and butt heads and then leave. I think because he was kind of just like, I'm the best. So why am I even working with you all? I'm going to start my own shit. And he had the money from the lectures and the donations and the staff from the people who want to pay to work with him to make all that happen. 
Uh, so yeah, so this is like, so that was even what happened with Copenhagen Suborbital. So like he had this and then he separated from them to launch uh, the group and it was like the space race. So if you ever heard of that, it's always like these places being like, we want to be the first to XYZ in space. And I'm like, can we do something on earth? <laughs> I'm like, why does no one want to be the first person to like make an ice, like ice cap not melt? <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm like, that would be a fun race. But anyway, so that's sort of the overview on him and the main key player of this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some backstory, too, on Kim Wall. So Kim was a Swedish journalist who had won a lot of rewards for her reporting on climate change. So shout out to that because it is a very important uh, type of content to write about. She wrote for the New York Times, The Guardian, and a bunch of other outlets. So she was like a highly reputable freelance writer who really had a specialization in kind of like scientific reporting and things of that nature. Uh, and she got linked up with Peter for a Wired article, so Wired magazine, um, which ultimately led to her death. So Kim reached out to Peter to do an interview with her about this wire uh, for Wired magazine, and he invited her on the homemade submarine in August 2017. I this entire documentary was words like I've been saying, two words I don't want to see together. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like like a homemade submarine. It feels like it's kind of like lightly used underwear. You know, I'm just like this. It's things that just make me, I'm like, give me such panic. But I feel like, again, with him, it's not me making a homemade submarine. You would think his would be quality. And I mean, the submarine, case in point, we'll find out it did work. Uh, she was dating a Danish man at the time of this, but they were, it's uh, kind of bittersweet. They were truly packing up about to move to Beijing. Uh, so her last story before moving was this one about Peter Madsen. So she was kind of just like, all right, let me finish the story, get it going to Wired, and then we'll officially be ready to start our new life over in Beijing. In fact, the night she boarded the sub, she was supposed to be like part of like her going away party, but she skipped it because she wanted to just get the story done. And also because like we said, I'm sure <clears throat> Wired and her you know, it's like Peter was a huge name in this. So it's a very important article uh, at the time. Hindsight, uh, not as much, but it was people were like, this was a very big story for her to get. So it's really important that she would be able to get it. And now we are at the voyage. So on August 11, Peter and Kim descended in the submarine. Kim's last text to her boyfriend, which was very bittersweet, was, I'm still alive, by the way, but going down now, I love you. And that ultimately became the last text that she ever sent, uh, which is just really hard and upsetting uh, for her boyfriend and family, of course. Uh, after 24 hours, the submarine allegedly just disappeared, which, how does a submarine just disappear? Because it's not like you're out on a, like, uh, on a little rowboat. Like, a submarine is connected to, like, 
technology, tracking and everything like that. There's a lot of ropes with it. And it was also not like one of like 500,000 Toyota Camrys on the lot. Shout out to Toyota Camry, just always my Uber driver car. Uh, but it was, it's like his submarine. So it's also was like the pride and joy of this company, everything like that. A day later, like, uh, yeah, so this was, so they did, they said that they turned off their radar and stuff and they were just flying dark, which we'll get into why he probably turned off his radar and was flying dark. So a day later, Peter was rescued, but just Peter was rescued. There were no signs of Kip. Obviously, Peter was put into custody this day, August 12th, the next day, because everyone is like, you were the last person literally seen with Kim. We know for a fact she went on the submarine because of the text she sent her boyfriend. What, you, 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 you can't just say she disappeared. It's not like you guys went hiking and you're in a large forest where it's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I, I fell and I lost her. Y'all were on a motherfucking submarine smaller than my studio apartment. Or maybe the size of my studio apartment, if I'm being honest with myself. You wouldn't know where she is. Peter claimed Kim was put on shore the day before, uh, but none of her loved ones had heard from her. So in this, he's saying that, um, like, oh, I just, I, I, I put her on land. I don't know where she, oh, that's weird. She, no, oh, you guys didn't hear from her? Oh, she was on the beach. Oh, what, what, what happened? Oh, that's so bizarre. Hmm. There was also tons of CCTV footage in the area where he claimed he dropped her off, um, which I don't think surprisingly to anybody shows that there was a not a like surprise random drop off for her. Peter said there was no one else but me on board when he disappeared, which also doesn't help the case that he is trying to lay out or anything like that, because what the fuck does that even mean? There was no one else but me on board. Like, where, what, what, what is he trying to say where he is from? Which is the confusing part. So, as you can probably collect from that first conversation with authorities, Peter is going to be changing his stories a few times and kind of just rambling into the abyss. At first, like I said, Peter was saying that there was nobody but him on board. He was captured on video saying to police, I think her name was Kim. But, you know, I don't even really check journalist backgrounds. He literally tried to be like, I don't, he was like Mariah Carey. I don't know her. What? Oh, I don't, I don't know who was, uh, she, she was on board. What? The fuck? Like you, A, journalist background is a different thing than knowing the journalist's name. And you were in like conversations with Kim and Wired Magazine to schedule this interview and everything like that. So I would assume you would know at bare minimum her name because you got her <clears throat> like schedules and everything like that. Anyway, when a medical exam also was done after his rescue, he had deep scratches on both his forearms and also, wait for this, Kim's dried blood on his left nostril. First, Peter said he dropped Kim on the shore before going back down to the submarine, like we said. But he was kind of just like, oh, the blood on me. Just really not trying, playing. I almost want to say he was playing smart, but so dumb. You know what I mean? Because he was being so confusing and like contradictory that you couldn't really even formulate anything. And 
<clears throat> besides that too. So he said that he dropped her off on shore before going back down to the submarine. He was the only person in the submarine, everything like that. Almost two weeks after this, uh, her disappearance, her body was found. And it is a graphic discovery of her body. I just want to warn everybody. Uh, her body was found mutilated. She was decapitated and the air was pressed out of her lungs. And some of her body parts were put in bags that were weighed down with pieces of metal. So all of that really does show highlighted details that her body, it wasn't like sh she was on shore and then died on shore and then like got kept carried off into sea. You know what I mean? This shows that like she was deliberately murdered and seemingly done in a way to dispose of the body at sea with no radar on the submarine around with metal sinking down. So she would just d literally vanish into the bottom depths of the ocean. On top of that too, the, a knife was found in one of the bags. So he not only, um, try to dispose of the body, but also the evidence and the uh, murder weapon that would link anything together. So with all this coming about, he tried to pivot and say that he hit her head on the hatch and it was an accident. Now, even if that was true, why would she be decapitated mutilated, air-pressed out of lungs, and held down by metal with a knife, because the knife wasn't on the hatch. So, and on top of that, too, the one fucking part of her body that was able, like, th that did not have trauma was her skull when they found her head. So it didn't even, that, that part of the story could not even connect to anything else. There was no trauma like that of any sort there. So then in October, he changed his story yet again. At this point, it's the boy who cried alibi. You know what I mean? It's like he's just grasping at some straw. Uh, he So he changed it here and said, oh, she, mm, you know what happened actually? I'm just now remembering. Oh, I can't believe I forgot this when I lied to you guys about the past four things that I said that she died of. She actually died of carbon monoxide poisoning while uh, I was on the deck. Uh, so, you know, I just felt oh, I was so worried about the carbon monoxide poisoning that I just dis disembembered her body. What? That, how does that A to B even C? You know what I mean? I, 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 he now, I think he's realizing that he is just painted into a corner and is trying to say, you know it's bad when he thinks that admitting to dismembering her body because she died of carbon monoxide poisoning is a good alibi now after the fucking fifth time. But also what didn't help his case was that around this time, weird things started coming up about Peter from the coworkers. Uh, like really bizarre things. At one point, a coworker remembered that he told him, I think this was he this intern. Um, oh, wait, no, 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 no. But at one point he told a coworker that there was a website where you could look up photos of murder victims' bodies, which is just really sick that he would, A, go to that website and B, share that website. Like, it's fucking water cooler talk. Another female coworker who was in the documentary, she joked that he needed to <clears throat> send her death threats as motivations to get to work, which is 
weird. And she even admitted that she was like, it is kind of bizarre that I said that. She kind of was like, oh, I'm being so lazy. Like, send me a death threat. So I'll like get, uh, so I'll like be motivated. Okay. The thing is though, and I mean, I th- and she did feel really bad uh, about this as well, but he sent her like a very detailed murder plan in response. Like he didn't go like, oh, I'm going to kill you if you don't uh, finish X, Y, Z. Like, paragraphs of like, oh, this is how I'm going to murder you and there will be no signs of anything and you will be dis- and everything like that. And it was weird too because she almost, that coworker, she was a female coworker, she was almost going to be on the submarine at the same time. I remember her saying that. So really kind of added bizarreness and it did make her feel extra weird too with that because it could have, you never know. On top of this too, police also found fetish videos of women being tortured and decapitated and strangled on his computer. This was the thing when I mentioned intern earlier. He tried to pin this all off on an intern, but like why? Again, as interns, I, your your badge barely gets you into the door as an intern. You're not going to have access to like the fucking founder's laptop and everything like that. So that alibi did not really work out for him either. And here is kind of a really crazy twist. So remember how I said that the documentarian for this, Emma, was a filmmaker who kind of just started working on Peter and the story of Peter because just as like from a business standpoint and as like a person standpoint, he had, so he was doing interviews with her before this murder, like I said, 2016, everything like that. They were able to see in one of the past interviews that um, there was the there was a chainsaw or a hacksaw, sorry, a hacksaw, so not like a um, motorized one behind him in one of the interviews the day before August 11th when he went on the submarine. The next day, it wasn't there. So that p- proves pretty much that he took that hacksaw that day into the submarine, and that hacksaw was what he used to dismember her body. So not a lot, there was, unshockingly, there was not a fucking other suspect that they were really looking into. There was not really any other, like, maybe she just ran, you know what I mean? There was nothing other really besides Peter. All eyes were on Peter. So the trial started March, 2018. This is when Peter really tried to do his dirty work. He was trying to take everybody down with him. He kind of was like, I think it was like that delusion where it's like, um, you know, like, uh, I hate to use this reference, but it's like the, from that meme, like, I didn't get no sleep, so y'all didn't get no sleep. Like, he just was like, okay, if I'm gonna go down for this, I'm gonna try to see how many fucking people I can take down with me too. He, this is when he was blaming the interns for like putting stuff on his computer to make him look bad because they're all so bad and they want da, 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 da. And I just need to remind everybody that these are the people that paid him to work for him. He's trying to take them down with him. Uh, this was also the thing, too. He claimed that he didn't put the hacksaw on the submarine. He, whoa, whoa. Hocus fucking pocus, I guess he thought, put the hacksaw on the submarine. Not so quite. He claimed, this was, so this was, I mean, I know, I now have told you, um, 500 versions of this story that he tried to do, but this is what he, um, ended up going with while on trial. 
The air pressure on board the submarine had suddenly plummeted while he was on the deck, he explained, and Kim Wall was in the engine room. The sub had filled with exhaust fumes and he had been unable to get back in. When I finally managed to open the hatch, a warm cloud hits my face. I find her lifeless on the floor and I sat next to her and trying to wake her up, slapping her cheeks. So this was the story that after all the other stories, he kind of like combo plated this story to be the one that he was like, okay, this is what I'm going with. Here we are. Made more sense than I put her on shore and she disappeared. Sure. But a police witness said that they literally saw no signs of exhaust fumes because it's not like anybody who sits next to somebody at a bar and they smoke a cigarette. You're fucking close. Smell like cigarettes for the next week. There would be smells of exhaust fumes on a submarine that's like airtight too. There's no, there's, it's not, there's no fresh air on a, on a submarine. He also said that after almost an hour of trying to push her out of the submarine is when he mutilated her, which it was just so bizarre, his attempts to explain any parts of this. Prosecutors were like, I don't fucking, we don't know what the fuck you're going with for any of this. Apparently, shortly also, which is really um, kind of just solidifies everybody's thoughts on him, Shortly before leaving uh, for the submarine with Kim, Peter had watched a beheading video on his phone, and they were able to have internet uh, tracking receipts to show that. And the prosecutor said, well, it was clear exactly how Kim died. uh, Or no, sorry. The prosecutor said, well, it was not clear exactly how Kim died. They believed it was intentional uh, with a sexual motive. Uh, prosecutors did say 15 stab wounds were found on her body because uh, that's also I think the hard thing they couldn't directly find out the root cause of death because there was just so much trauma to her body and then also of course she was thrown into the water for two weeks it, it, here's where if you remember what I was saying a little bit ago too about the female co-worker who got the death threat motivation text uh She wasn't the only person who was invited on the sub this week. There was a lot of women, multiple women, were asked to go on this submarine ride with him this week. All of them said no. So it was a weird, there was something about this week that he was like, I want to do this this week. Uh, I I, I don't know why. And it just so happened that this was the week that Kim Wall was set to interview him. In addition to the saw, that, remember, that was behind him for one interview, then missing, then on the submarine. He'd also taken a screwdriver and metal piping on board. So, really, there was not a single, um, he tried. I think we can all agree, not a single fucking juror would buy what he was selling. No judge, no lawyer, no, not even the public, because this became really highly publicized, too. Uh, no, it was just a clear, clear, clear situation. So not surprisingly, he was given a life sentence. He was found guilty on all charges and sentenced to life imprisonment. A psychiatric eval described him as a narcissistic psychopath, lacking in empathy, but not psychotic or delusional. So that kind of shows that he has no empathy, but it's not like this was acted out of, you know what I mean? Like where he was suffering from something where he was acting not out of himself. It was acting out of himself. He immediately appealed the sentence, but not the guilty verdict. Uh, and not shockingly, a few months later in September 2018, the High Court of Eastern Denmark uh, upheld the sentence. 
the court said that the footage in Into the Deep was an instrumental part of the trial. So that is actually really impressive that the uh, um, the filmmaker was able to use this to bring some justice to Kim. After the sentence, the prosecutor said it wasn't a premeditated murder of Kim, but of the next woman he planned to take on that submarine. What they mean by that was it wasn't an intentional murder of Kim, but he wanted to intentionally murder any person who was the next person to step foot on that sub. The submarine was destroyed, uh, of course. No one wanted to keep the submarine around, and it just it's just really no, for the best that it was uh, destroyed. Uh, interestingly enough, it wasn't until... 2020. So when the document, when the Sundance film came out, uh, when the documentary was supposed to be released, as I said, wasn't released until this year, where he confessed to killing Kim for the first time. He was doing a TV documentary when journalist Christian Lindman asked if he killed her, and he answered yes. He said, "It's my fault she died, and it's my fault because I committed the crime. It's all my fault. There is only one who is guilty, and that is me." According to the BBC, the audio was secretly recorded from phone conversations with Peter over 20 hours in detail, but Peter eventually gave permission for the conversation to be aired, which I could only assume is a benefit when you're dealing with a narcissistic psychopath who likes to hear himself talk. I'm sure he just was, that probably helped him agree to air this all out, which showed uh, this whole situation. Some other updates with him, though. On October 2020, uh, he escaped from prison. He escaped from prison. A little bit before that, he was in a relationship with a female prison guard before she left. So one of those situations. He had a crazy prison time. It kind of went from he was uh, assaulted by an 18-year-old admin in prison. Shout out to that, that, I guess. Uh, Then he was in a relationship with a female prison guard who left. And then he escaped from prison. I don't know if those two are tied together, like that other story. Uh, from the U.S., but he was arrested again in a nearby residential area, not far from the prison. The update with that, though, or the details with that, is when police discovered that he was in possession of a pistol-like object and was wearing a belt that could potentially contain explosives. He was surrounded until uh, it was determined that it was a decoy. On 2021 of February 9th, a Copenhagen court handed down a 21-month prison sentence on top of his life sentence uh, or like, you know what I mean? But like for attempted escape from jail, of course, because he has a life sentence, the additional sentence is not to be added to it, but it will play a role if a probation request was ever made, which I guess doesn't really matter that much because they can't assume him getting a probation uh, request approved. But basically, so like he just has a life sentence, not life plus 21, because that's not really math. Uh, but if he tries, he will fail. Uh the documentary, though, and like I said, it was an hour and 40 minutes, and it was about a story that I never really heard of. It didn't, I don't really know if, I feel like maybe unfortunately because this story was coming to light in terms of like the Sundance and the press of all that uh, for like in 2020 when I was just kind of looking up COVID cases and crying. So I couldn't really tell from that, but I didn't really hear about it at all before. I thought it was a pretty well done documentary. There was a lot of time jumps, so it did get confusing at parts because they would interwoven, interweave, that's the word, the interviews with Peter Wall talking about him as the criminal, but they were the interviews from before. So just kind of be mindful of all that. And it was weird. I feel there were parts where they kind of were heightening Peter as like this genius mastermind, but I think it did play a part 
it was only important to heighten his notoriety to showcase like why Kim would do this interview with him and just how crazy all of this was and the kind of warning signs of how, because I feel it is one of those things like really fucking weird, like showing people dead bodies, threaten, sending threatening motivational texts, like how some t- these like millionaires and high up business people are the warning signs of sometimes how they're so fucking crazy and we don't realize it or we realize it and you don't know what to do because it's rich and you're like, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know how to fight you or anything like that. So I do think it was a worthwhile documentary to watch really crazy from start to finish. And I'm just really glad that there was some justice for Kim in the end and that he did ultimately confess to this so that her family and boyfriend can at least have some form of peace and closure. Uh, but if any of you guys watched the documentary and you had different thoughts on it, please let us know in not another true crime group. Uh, if you are any, if there's any other documentary cases, cause this was a perfect one. Cause it was a, or not perfect one, but this was a very interesting one because it was a case I never really, um, heard of before. Like I said, so if there's other stories like this, that you're like, people aren't talking about this, but there is a documentary out or just people aren't talking about this story and you want us to dive into it. Always let us know in the Facebook group or in the DMS at not another true crime. You can follow me on Instagram at Kazradani, Kazra with a K. And you can follow Sarah at Sarah Lameem. And I mean, she'll probably be feeling better when this episode comes out because the booster, you know, gets you all good. But um, that is a good reminder, guys. Get your flu shot because it's not pretty to get the flu. And get your bivarian. I'm now, COVID is now smarter than me where I don't really know how to pronounce all the boosters, but get the bivarian one. I think that's what it's called. I got it in a Target, so I get to get candles and uh, peanut butter pretzels after. So honestly, it was a hoot and a half. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.